0: Welcome to Hello Sunday, that golden slice of the week where sleeping sheets feel like silk and coffee taste like pure freedom. Whether you are basking in the post-pajama bliss or gearing up for a day of joyful chaos, your podcast overseas for making the most of this day of all days. I'm your host Lakesh Umak and I'm here to guide you through conversations tips and adventures that will help you reclaim your Sundays and infuse them with magic, meaning and maybe even a touch of mischief. Riri Trivedi is the co-founder of Wellness Space and Society for Energy and Emotions, a regression therapist, life coach and a trainer. She is a parenting expert, a mother of three, (aged 24 and 19, and a dog, (aged 10. She loves teaching, reading books, watching movies. She has trained more than 450 students across the world through her online and offline training in regression therapy. She uses her vast therapy experience to heal and help her clients achieve transformation and balance in their personal and professional lives. She is an influencer having around 900,000 followers across her social media platforms. We have covered a wide range of parenting-related topics in this interview. Have you heard about harmful effects of toxic stress on your children? According to Ruri, our kids deal with constant stress in their daily lives, thus recognizing and explaining the emotion or reacting with our children and discussing emotions are covered at the end of the episode we also discussed the impulsive nature of kids brain and offered five pieces of advice for mothers stay tuned and here we go glad to have you on my show how are you today
1: i'm good thank you happy to be here and sharing my views
0: could you please uh, give me a brief introduction, overview of yourself and your training and your successful journey so far?
1: Well, I'm from Ahmedabad and I, I'm going to turn 50. Uh, okay. In, uh, I'm a mother of uh, two kids. I've been married for 29 years. My kids are 19 and 23, so they are adults. Okay. Uh, but so far has been uh, very interesting because I started out... Uh, my education is very different from the profession I'm doing right now. So I started out by doing my, you know, uh, my, both my parents were chartered accountants. So I did my Bcom in mm-hmm. a, I did my law. Uh, I did my MBA in marketing after getting married. I got my degree in MBA in marketing and then I did a corporate job uh, for a okay. long time. So I have a, a kind of a corporate MBA kind of a background and it was oh. only in 2008 when uh, you know with family we moved to Singapore that is when I gave up my corporate job and I turned to yoga initially for my own uh, health but eventually I learned to be a yoga therapist a certified yoga instructor I did a lot of Mm -hmm. work in yoga Singapore and then that started my with that my journey towards mental and physical health started so when I went deeper into yoga that took me uh, deeper to the understanding of mind and then hypnotherapy mm-hmm. life regression therapy then childhood trauma and I'm still a student so I'm still doing my PhD uh, in this area of childhood trauma I'm still studying
0: um, okay
1: and uh, I'm a lifetime student I love to <laughs> learn new <things. laughs>
0: yeah even though uh, I also feel the same because every day is a journey of learning yes why do we think parents had to beat and reprimand their children all their childhood? Uh, I saw your Instagram post and then you explain it, uh, but I just want to know in details about it. See,
1: parents usually end up beating their children for two, three reasons. One is of course, because they believe that that is the best way to raise kids because they have been told and they are seeing people around them who are beaten and who uh, externally seem very successful and very, uh, you know, doing well in life. So one of the reasons yeah. why parents beat the children is because they think that is the way to raise happy children. They are very scared that if I don't beat my child and if I don't become strict and do what my parents did, then my children child is going to get spoiled. Like, you know, spare the rod and spoil the child. Every mm-hmm. language has a about this. The second mm-hmm. reason is sometimes parents don't want to beat, but they end up beating simply because they are themselves dysregulated. They are not in control of their emotions. So when they... Mm-hmm. When a child is throwing a tantrum or doing something and the parents have no clue how to handle it, they don't have any tools to handle it positively. That is when they resort to beating out of helplessness, out of frustration, out of anger. So when they are triggered, they are reacting. And the reaction is oftentimes anger, beating and all because parents don't know. And after that, they feel guilty. Then they end up mm-hmm. apologizing, crying, all of that. So this is a second type of parental beating is the first is, where they think that is the only way to do it second is they know that is not the way to do it but they don't have any other ways right yeah and yes. third, is, uh, third is like i said that uh, you know when parents are triggered or they are themselves having mental health issues which they have not addressed so if a parent has say bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or the parent uh, has alcoholism issues or if the parent mm-hmm. is depressed or has anxiety ocd kind of issues then that is going to trigger the parent make the parent very volatile and then this parent is going to end up abusing the child
0: correct yeah agree
1: so these are the three reasons why parents beat up their children Mm
0: -hmm. and what is a positive discipline in terms of uh, improved child care
1: see there are various ways to positively discipline like we do a 15 hour workshop to teach positive discipline methods. But basically the fundamental premise of positive disciplining is that you can discipline your children without resorting to abuse and violence, but you have to start early on because if your child is already mm-hmm. used the language of shouting, screaming, and beating, then if you suddenly change the language, your child is not going to understand. So positive parenting and disciplining is all about being firm, being consistent, building mm-hmm. connection, working with compassion, setting clear boundaries, And at the same time, allowing the child freedom and creativity and letting a child be a child. When this is done, then the parenting journey is more fun. The parents and children's bond become very strong. There is no anger, resentment or fear, right? Mm -hmm. If these guidelines are followed, then usually the parenting journey becomes more fun and full of love and happiness and joyful moments versus anger, frustration, guilt and regret. Correct. Right. So this is the foundation of positive parenting that parenting has to be a positive experience today parenting has become so stressful and guilt ridden or abusive that uh, people really, uh, you know, are struggling in this area.
0: Yes, exactly. I feel the same. Sometimes we sometimes some stuck that how, how to deal with such situations.
1: You can apply yeah. the positive parenting tools provided you are regulated yourself, right? So suppose if even you know that, okay, when a child is throwing a tantrum, I need to stay calm. I need to back off. But when the child is doing something that triggers you and you only don't know how to handle yourself, you cannot apply the positive disciplining tools. So in yeah. my opinion, the first thing is parents have to learn to manage their own emotions. Well. Now, if parents are themselves survivors of childhood trauma and abuse, then they are obviously going to be dysregulated. They are going to be volatile. They are going to have so many programs, subconscious files, of being beaten and shouted at and screamed. And those files are going to open up unconsciously. So mm-hmm. parents have to heal themselves, work on themselves so that when the child is dysregulated, the parents don't become dysregulated. At least the parents get, it's yeah. like, somebody is drowning, you want to be on the shore so you can pull them out. If you are also drowning with them, how can, there are two drowning people
0: now, right? Yes, yes, exactly. And uh, what guidelines would you advise parents to follow so that their children complete their homework properly see
1: whether it is homework whether it is uh, activities hobbies children mm-hmm. it is the children's responsibility first of
0: all yeah so yes, the have
1: to empower the child to know okay, this is your work you have to do it I can help you but it is not my work
0: yes exactly
1: parents take it that homework is my headache You know, the food is my headache, sleeping is my headache. That is where the problem starts. So now it becomes a parent's problem, not the child's problem. The child is happily playing and then the parent will beat up the child and make him do things because the child believes I'm doing it for the parent. First thing is children should know it is their homework. If they don't do it, they have to face the teacher, not the parent. Yes. If they have not done well in exam, then they have to live with those marks, not the parent. Yes, parents cannot be hands off to say, okay, you do what you want. I don't care. Parents' role is to help and support the child when needed. But parents' job is not to take on the burden of the child's studies and homework and projects and, you know, friendships and hobbies. That is the child's. If the child is not enjoying the hobby, don't do it. If the mm-hmm. child is, again, all children will not be regular in homework. All children will not be toppers in the class.
0: Correct. Exactly. If
1: the child can be who the he or she is, Manage that well. You know, not everybody. Sometimes I feel parents, you know, first grader, four, fourth graders, the parents make such a big deal. By the time the child is coming 10th, and they'll say, Ha, first grade, wala, toh, that was ridiculous. Why did I make such a big deal about it? By the time the child is 25 and struggling with marriage, the parent will think, Right, that 10th standard board exam and 12th standard was a small challenge. It was kuch bhi nahi tha compared to these issues.
0: Yes, so yes, yes.
1: Every parents have to look at the big picture at that time they feel the homework of the first grade is important and my life is going to end if my child doesn't do the homework it's <laughs> not all of that these are very small 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 learning stages
0: and um, how many pillars of positive parentings do you think every parent should follow
1: see there are there's nothing like pillars or anything but there are basic guidelines And the guidelines of positive parenting are clear that you can do positive parenting, positive, you can discipline your children without violence and abuse. You can discipline your children with love, compassion, consistency, creativity. Yeah, you can do it if you are, parents have to be regulated and balanced themselves if they want to raise regulated, emotionally resilient kids. Parents need to work on connecting connection for the kids because early attachment and early connection with of the parent child has a huge impact on the subsequent growing up years of the child so bonding attachment connection with the child in the early years has to take priority over you know uh, kindergarten a b c d and and all of that right you know the, uh, also parents have to make sure that they do not adopt any extreme style so On one hand, there is abuse, control, authority. On the other hand, we have complete permissiveness, no boundaries, no rules. Ultimately, moderation and balance is the key. So when we are looking at parenting, everything has to be tried to be in moderation and balance. That works best. And lastly, I would say to today's moms is please have a life beyond motherhood because Mothering and motherhood has become such a huge project. These women are educated, qualified, but they give up everything to raise now kids become their full time career. And that is when all the pressure comes on the children to perform and to live up to the expectations of the mother who has given up her whole career for this child. I think mothers should have a life beyond just being mothers. They need to have a life as a wife, as a career woman, as a friend, as a daughter, and not just do 100 percent mothering as a project then i think we'll be happier and moms will be happier and everybody will be happy
0: yes 100 agree yeah and the hardest problem facing parents today and how to overcome them is according to you parents are facing today
1: see today parents are facing multiple problems one is parents i mean i'm telling you based on what parents tell me right They they say that my kid is right so stubbornness and Uh, children showing anger is very common and in my opinion, this is coming from family environment um, and also social media. So when kids are exposed to violence by the father, Mm -hmm. mother, uncle, aunt and social media and phone, then children are unconsciously picking up, uh, you know, violent behaviors, whether it is verbally violent or physically violent, right? Children who are screaming, shouting, throwing things, harming themselves, harming others. All these, according to me, are learned behaviors that they are picking up from their environment. The second problem today that most parents have is this addiction to phone and social media. Uh, This is the problem of the parents who have phones in their households and who have social media. And uh, parents are really struggling because phone, mobile phone is an addiction. Social media is an addiction. Parents themselves are addicted and they want their children to not be addicted. It is a very very tough <laughs> problem that today's generation is
0: dealing with. Yes yes. Sometimes even I also face the same issue. Checking emails, something like that. So they also want the phone because of my father is using, my mother is using. See
1: if the parents are uh, spending more time in sports, then children will see that, right? Of course there is an there is an element of friends and school and all that also mm-hmm. plays a role. I'm not saying only the parents. But yeah. parents themselves also need to understand that today mobile phone is is become a reality of every household. Today even a fruit wala, sabji wala has a mobile phone. So obviously <laughs> their children are also picking this up. So it is something that we have to as a generation or as a society deal with it and not just blame the children. You can't blame the children for the environment you've given them.
0: And how to control these uh, negative habits? Do we have any suggestions for moms and dads?
1: See, uh, it's a very generic question for every negative <laughs> habit, there has to be a different solution, right? So yes. the only generic answer to a generic question is that continue to build connection. Because if your child trusts you, connects you with you, respects you, then there is a likelihood that at least the child will listen to some of the things you are saying. But if early on you have induced a lot of fear and a lot of control and the child starts telling lies, hiding, distrusting you, <laughs> you know, yes. then then you've lost the plot then then there is no way that you will be able to um, you know influence these children to change in a positive way now they will be influenced by other people who they trust and they feel close to so according to me parents need to really focus on building closeness with the children in the early years before they become teenagers right okay. because teenage years are very difficult teenage years are most difficult even if the children have closeness and connection still in teenagers they will want to you know, separate out, you know, have their own identity. So Mm -hmm. building the early foundational years, building connection attachment is very important. Now that does not mean that you pamper the child. It does not mean that you Mm -hmm. uh, give in to all the demands, all the tantrums. You can build connection with the child while positively disciplining by being firm, by being consistent, mm-hmm. by trying to understand what, what, why the child is behaving in a certain way, by not imposing okay. certain things, but explaining to the child why he or she has to do certain things or why you want certain things to be done. Right. So, but for yes. all this patience and you need parents who can stay calm and who can think uh, logically.
0: Okay. Yes, yes. understand. And what about uh, toxic stress, uh, something that is children experience? And if so, how to manage it particularly when exams are involved?
1: See, toxic stress is when a child goes through, we all have a stress mechanism in our body, right? The fight and flight yeah. mode. And we go through that stress. When the stress mechanism is switched on, there is a whole lot of physiological changes that happen in the body, including heart rate going up, cortisol being secreted in the blood stress hormones being pumped into the blood you know all of that now this stress response is meant to be triggered once in a while when there is genuine danger but what is Mm -hmm. happening is children are going through stress back to back on a daily basis so waking up is a stress going to school is a stress school can be stressful because of teachers and bullying and whatever then they come home then homework is stressful then parents are fighting that becomes a stress so when child goes through back to back stress it it is called chronic toxic stress so the physiology mm-hmm. of child is now different different because it is full of stress hormones there is too much of cortisol the heart rate is up the glucose is mm-hmm. high in the and all of this damages the brain that is growing at a very significant rate in childhood so when exactly. there is high all these children's brain development gets hampered because certain parts of the brain responsible for memory like hippocampus they get you know, underdeveloped because of cortisol, new neural pathways are not formed. So the child's okay. brain also starts developing very differently when there is early exposure to toxic stress. Now the child's brain is being developed only uh, responding to stress all the time.
0: Okay. So
1: it's a brain that is hypervigilant. It is a system that is always alert, always anxious, always hypervigilant. And these are the children who cannot stay calm. They cannot relax. They are forever stressed, anxious, worried. So this is what toxic stress does. And then their brain centers, which are responsible for thinking calmly, decision-making, rational thinking, mindfulness, Mm -hmm. awareness are severely compromised.
0: They cannot focus also on studies. Okay. So how to manage means, even though as a being a father, I also face the same issue. Uh, my daughter says i don't want to do homework i don't want to go to school so uh, this is might be the reaction of stress that she is experiencing but she is not able to explain in her words so
1: why she doesn't go to school what about school is bothering her can you agree mm-hmm. with that she has to go to school what can you do to make that school experience better is it okay if you go for a few days with her You know, talk to the teacher. How can, what are her fears? Maybe there is some little thing in school that for you may not be significant, but for her, it's a big thing that is bothering her. You know, so we have to be patient. We have to understand why versus just saying, no, you have to go to school, let her cry for two hours. I have done that mistake. I have made my daughter cry for a month every day just (laughs) to push her to school. But I did not, back then, I was not aware of all this. I did not even once understand why she doesn't want to go to school, you know. So children may have separation anxiety. Maybe they are feeling unsafe. Maybe they don't want to leave the parents and go away. Go. They are feeling scared. How can we address that? How can we work with our children so that slowly, slowly we can wean them off?
0: Correct. Yes, yes. Uh, do children of divorced parents experience long-term effects uh, from their relationship? And in spite of being a tense relationship, how should parents treat their kids to make sure they lead present lives. So any idea about it? No, no, no. One sec. So kids
1: will be affected by parents' relationship, whether they are divorced or married and in a toxic relationship. Not yeah. going to be affected by parents any which ways. So if there is a couple who is not getting divorced, staying together, but still having domestic violence, everyday yeah. arguments, fights, <laughs> or cold war where they don't talk to each other for months and days, it still damages the child equally. Uh, Now, if the parents are divorced, that also affects the child. So children is affected either ways. Where if parents have a happy, healthy relationship, then the children are looking at that parent and saying, okay, I am safe. My family is safe. I can also have this kind of positive relationship. But when parents' relationship is bad, then obviously it's going to affect the child whether the parents stay together or whether they stay separated in fact it is better to be separated and have less toxicity than to stay together but have more toxicity because it doesn't help the child anyways I know many young people who tell me ma'am I wish my dad and mom had divorced years ago they wouldn't have messed me up so badly
0: oh my god
1: yeah in fact they tell their parents why don't you guys divorce why don't you guys separate Yeah, arroz ki pit kyun karna I know so many kids who tell this to mm-hmm. their parents
0: yes 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 exactly uh how to get out of from that situation any advice for grown kids
1: see when kids are small when they are minors they have no op- mm-hmm. option they are Correct. financially, physically emotionally dependent on the parents so they cannot get out of toxic home environment but as soon as a child is an adult they can get out of toxic home environment they have to get out in fact they should not engage in any of the parents fights they should disconnect mm-hmm the parent is forcing them to take sides they should not and they should disengage and uh, have their own life beyond the parents fight yes they can take care of the parents they can take responsibility but they should not take sides or should not get involved in the parents
0: uh okay. relationship issues
1: because it is not healthy it is okay for the adult child to say that i am not going to be a part of your fight please uh keep mm-hmm. me out.
0: correct all right thanks thanks for sharing uh what is a mother's primary duty when it comes to raising her family, regardless of whether she is working or stay at home?
1: I think mother's primary duty is to keep herself happy. Honestly. Yes. If mothers yes. are happy if mother's mental health is fine. If mothers are, you know, taking care of themselves, if mothers are fulfilling their dreams and being happy, then they become, they are happy mothers, happy wives, and happy daughters. Mm-hmm. The mother is going to now, look at her take it as her duty to give up everything sacrifice everything and raise kids and in turn if she's not happy she's sacrificing her dreams and desires then she's collecting a lot of uh, you know anger resentment helplessness Mm -hmm. frustration which eventually is going to affect her relationship and also her health so I think primary duty of mothers is to take care of themselves their own mental and physical health so that they Mm -hmm. can have with the children they can uh, they can play with the children they can be balanced uh compassionate uh, loving uh, yes. parents parents their child
0: and what is the difference between a uh, mom who works and mom who stay at home means do you think working women perform better in terms of um, uh, no I, do you... I don't
1: think so i think i think it's all about the mom's state of mind if the working mother is working but having so much of guilt that i'm not with mm-hmm. my child And if she is now, because of the guilt, overcompensating by pampering the child, giving gifts every day, giving into the child's tantrums, spoiling Mm -hmm. the child, then it's not healthy. Right. Yes, uh, similarly, yes, yes. If there's a stay at home mom who is helicopter parenting, who is continuously, you know, monitoring the child, not letting the child make mistakes, not letting the child fall, micromanaging the child that is also not healthy. So yes, I really yes. think that there is no such rule that working moms are better or who stay at home moms are better. <laughs> I think moms are better when they are allowing the child reasonable age, appropriate freedom to explore, to be creative, to make mistakes, to solve their own problems and to grow up and be who they want to be versus continuously, you know, um, Mm -hmm. over them. And I think uh, why I said working mom should work is because I think if mothers are happy with their life, if they feel a sense of achievement, if they are happy at the end of the day with what they have done, there is a high likelihood that the children look at them and learn good things, positive things. Working mothers can be an inspiration to their children
0: also. Correct. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, how can one develop a strong emotional bond with family members in this hectic world? Because we see how much complicated life we are living today. Even from food to behaviors, everything is hectic. So how to develop a strong relation, emotional bond with family members?
1: See, to develop emotional bond, first of all, we must be connected with our own emotions. If we are nice. if we are survivors of trauma, if we are numbed out and desensitized, disassociated, then we cannot develop emotional bonds. Then we will only be operating logically uh, with our with our family members. So we have to first be in touch with our own emotions. Secondly, is spend quality time with family members. So you have to take out time, which is without the phone, without multitasking. You have to take out dedicated time for family members, whether it is parents, spouse or children. And in that time, you have to be 100 percent present. So that is now. Now, if you're all sitting and watching TV together and saying that is quality time, that is not quality time.
0: <laughs> correct, right. correct.
1: Quality time is when you're sharing, caring, discussing, yes. asking questions. Understanding emotions, allowing the other person to feel safe to express their emotions without overreacting, without creating drama, when you are mm-hmm. connecting and bonding at an emotional level. Today, children don't know the language of emotions because parents don't talk about emotions. Parents just talk logic. Parents will only appeal to their logical mind. How many parents are talking with their children about emotions that in this situation, how did you feel? What did you feel in your body? How? Where did you feel it in your body, right? What were your emotions? This is anger. This is helplessness. The language of emotions is missing. Parents are so caught up about teaching history, geography, maths and science. But that Mm -hmm. is not required for building intimate relationships. If you want good friendships, you want a good family life, you have to know emotions. You have to know your emotions so that you can understand other person's emotions.
0: Exactly. Yes. And considering the fact that while shopping, you know, it's common Question, uh, children will blackmail their parents by threatening to not complete their homework if they don't get what they want, etc. And then when a couple experiences the same issue, how should they handle these circumstances exactly?
1: See, children. where do children learn to threaten? Please tell me. Are they born (laughs) to threaten?
0: Yeah, I guess, uh, they learn actually from parents.
1: so Children automatically learn that this is how we can use threats to get our way.
0: Right. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Secondly, when children throw tantrums, they, they're screaming, shouting, threatening you. What are they doing? They want you to respond because they believe that is the only way you will listen to them and respond, but you have to break that program. So when yes. children are throwing tantrums and, you know, uh, demanding things in, not in a right way, then as parents, it is our duty to not give in to those demands. So you can back off, you can choose to not respond, you can be quiet, you can hug your child, you can hold and soothe your child without speaking, but do not give in to the demands and you stop threatening your child. If you threaten, child will threaten you back. Parents have to first be very mindful that what am I doing? If I'm screaming, my child is going to scream when he or she is angry. If I'm threatening, my child will threaten me. Children are continuously learning from us. So when children are throwing tantrums, do not give in. Do not react or respond. If you even want to respond, respond with a completely neutral energy so that the child can calm down. After the child has calmed down and the tantrum is over, then have a conversation on how this is not acceptable. What are the other ways you could have asked this from me? And if I'm not giving, why am I not giving to you? All these children can understand, but they will not listen to any of this when they are in the middle of a tantrum, because that is when they are operating from their impulsive brain, which has no capacity to understand logic. So when they are operating from an impulsive brain, when they are going through a breakdown or a meltdown, the best thing for parents is to soothe them or comfort them without any words or logic or to back off. And only once they have calmed down, then we need to appeal to their upper brain so that They can understand what are the other ways to get the same thing and not not this way that they are doing.
0: 100% agree.
1: See, parents must understand, first of all, that a child's brain is still developing. It is not fully developed. In fact, the logical, rational part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex is not fully developed till Mm -hmm. the child is almost 28. So if we expect that a five-year-old child is going to have all the logic and understanding and wisdom to mm-hmm. know when to ask for the apple and when to not ask, then we are being stupid. Okay, yes. children have to be taught step by step slowly. And if you see animals, all animals, where do they learn? They learn by observing their own, you know, parents. <laughs> uh, Correct. A dog learns from its mother, or a cat learns from the mother. So our children are learning everything from us yeah
0: so a yes,
1: yes. part of their learning happens from how we are behaving, and even if that that is not enough, we have to train them gradually, but we must understand that with thirty years of our brain development, what we know, we cannot expect a three year old brain to know
0: yes exactly
1: <clears throat> most parents have this they pressurize the children, they get upset and frustrated because they think
0: okay and uh, how parents and children can develop a mutual trust and confidence uh, between them what is the most effective technique to go through this it's intended for parents who wonder uh, you know these questions a lot how to develop mutual trust and confidence between them see
1: mutual trust and confidence can only be developed when we have open honest communication with our children and when right. children and parents feel safe to talk about even the unpleasant things. So if your child has done something wrong, the child should feel safe to come and tell you about it without being beaten uh, mm-hmm. or without getting an overreaction, you know. So yeah. of course, children have to be told that what they did was wrong. They have to face the consequences. But but they will only open up if they know that, okay, I can tell my parents and they will not like react as if the earth is mm-hmm. broken up. So, we, so open, honest communication. If you have made a mistake as a parent, apologize to your child. Say that I was wrong. That is how children learn. It is okay to accept our mistakes, right? Children feel yeah. safe around parents if the parents let the child be, uh, let the child learn in a very comforting way. Children feel unsafe. They will start hiding and having trust issues if the parents are being abusive, violent or creating mm-hmm. a lot drama or overreacting to things, right? I remember one incident, my my son, when he was young, he was spitting on his classmate. Now it was, who does like, you know, he was three years old and he would spit at somebody in the bus every day. Now, if I have overreacted and make a big drama about it, then he would have still spitted but not told me or you know being ashamed about it we spoke about i told him it's not a good thing to do i asked him why he was spitting he said he enjoyed doing it so we made him spit somewhere else but not on somebody else so and and after a few days he got over it it was just a passing phase so a lot of parents you know they make a big drama when kids do these things but when they do that kids feel unsafe so they start hiding they start deceiving they start doing things without making, they use all their intelligence to hide things from the parents. Yes. That is when the trust is not there. And then they will use all their energy and intelligence to fool the parents.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: Right? Because the lesson is not learned, right? So <laughs> the lesson is only learned if the parents do not overreact which is where I come to the first thing that I told you that parents have to be regulated. Parents have to recognize their triggers, work through them so that they do not react, but they can choose a response based on the situation. Children don't have the ability to choose their response, but parents can if they wish to.
0: And uh, what do you think balanced parenting? uh, I saw your uh, Instagram, even another post where you explain uh, a bit about balance parenting. How do you think balance parenting entails and how does it function best? See,
1: balance, see, parenting is not something that you can follow a book and do because every child is unique. Every family is unique. Correct. Every family structure is unique. But when I'm talking of balance, I'm talking of a guideline. Like I said, balance means not going into any extremities of anything, right? So I mm-hmm. would not hitting a child. But once in a while suppose if you feel that you know by giving one spank or one slap just once suppose if that communicates to the child what he needs then that is not a big crime right though I would also say that uh, abuse and trauma is subjective so a child can even be traumatized by one slap yeah and some children may not be. So I would say abuse and violence are to be avoided but do not adopt mm-hmm. any extreme styles. When I'm talking of balance, I'm saying do not go to two extreme ends. One extreme end is where you are having no rules, no regulations, no control, mm-hmm. no discipline, complete pampering. The other extreme is where you want to beat and hit and punish and threat and control and you know do okay. everything. Think that children are, you know, useless and, and brainless and I have to control them. Both the extremes are Not balance. Balance is somewhere in between where you find that spot where you are not overreacting, you are not adopting any of these extreme steps, you are being reasonably moderate in your dealing with your child, then there are less chances of things going bad.
0: Exactly. Yes. But I cannot
1: say that one slap is moderate or five slaps are moderate, right? Because all this is very subjective.
0: Okay. Okay. I have been raised
1: without any physical abuse or emotional abuse honestly I have not <laughs> gone through so I'm still I'm fine right but mm-hmm. I know many people who feel that oh my god if I don't even hit my child once means my child will sit on my head and my child will become this and my child will. is their fear
0: yeah it's an Indian tradition that we see uh, from our you know ancestors there
1: are there are thousand comments where people have said that bina hitting toh hote. what are you talking about these are all western concepts this is yeah. not western even in the west Children are being abused and beaten and neglected. Okay. So this is not that west mein hota hai, sab jaga hota hai. that is where today with the West and in the West, it is even worse because family structures are not there. There are no buffering adults. There are individual mm-hmm. families. So the child yeah. has no one to go to in India, at least if the parents are abusive, the child has a grandparent, grandmother, grandfather, uncle, aunt who will still give the buffering support to the child. That is right. why in India the situation is not so bad. But if we are going to follow the West, if our family structures are going to collapse, if we are going to move to a highly individualistic society, then we are mm-hmm. also going to have same or worse mental health problems like we are seeing in US and other countries today.
0: Exactly. Correct. Even India are performing better than other countries in terms of parenting. And
1: not because we are beating our kids. People, people have <laughs> misconception that India, means, that is wrong. That is not true. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, exactly and uh, which five parenting suggestions do you think are the most useful and powerful for all the moms
1: so the five are one is when you when you are a parent be compassionate and be consistent mm-hmm. okay? okay second is like i said focus on connection with your child in the early years nothing else matters connection is what you need to focus on versus correction all the time. In fact, in the early years, most parents spend 80% of the time correcting the child. That is yes, mistake. They should spend 80% of time connecting with the child. Correction will happen automatically if your connection is there. Third is parents have to take care of themselves because if they themselves have wounded inner children, they have been uh, victims of trauma and abuse, then they are Mm -hmm. highly likely pass it on. So parents, important to be self-aware, to do self-regulation techniques, to take care of their own mental health so that they can be better parents. Fourth is, like I said, adopt moderation and balance. Do not go to any extreme parenting styles, whether it is permissive or authoritarian. Be a a more balanced, moderate parent uh, in these areas. Last is, I would say, that do not take up parenting as a project or as a full time career, have a life beyond just being parents, and it is not selfish to a life beyond parenting. Our movies okay. have glorified sacrificing mothers and mothers who give up their whole lives for their children. We have worked with such mothers who come to us at the age of fifty with diabetes, blood pressure, and so much of suppressed anger. So I would say that uh, you know have a life beyond just parenting. Let, because that way you can let your children also be you know you're not just all the time focusing okay
0: on okay and i hope every parents will learn a lot of things from this session if you like this episode please subscribe to my podcast and follow me on social media also forward this episode to your friends and family I would love to read your comments and suggestions. Write me at lokesh-umak at hellosunday.org. It's L for Lima, O for Oscar, K for Kilo, E for Echo, I for India, S for Sam, H for Harry underscore, U for Umbrella, M for Mary, A for Apple, K for Kilo at hellosunday.org. Thank you.